Playback and action. And the actors are acting in front of you. It's as if they're acting only for you. I don't restrict their performance. You can never tell from an actor, from a leading actor, what he's going to do. Act yourself, figure out how to rehearse. You just have to do it. Try to not over-talk it or overthink it. Leave some mystery to happen. Because I was an actor myself, I know what they're going for. Hey guys, welcome back to the podcast. Uh, today we're going to be talking about facts. The facts of the scene, the uh, the events of the script. So the the, the facts of the, that are actually in the script, which you can find through script analysis and imaginative facts. So creating a backstory for a character of what they might have done based on the facts of the script. So we're going to be talking about that, deep diving on that, and this is a antidote to the bad directions. So instead of using bad directions that we discussed in our two-parter, these uh, facts are a tool that you can use in order to uh, circumnavigate that. Yeah, it's it's a really good tool for uh, two things as a as a director. One is the script analysis, and two to be objective in terms of talking to your actors. So if we look at the the script in itself, we say script is king. You know, there's a saying uh, through the famous teacher Stella Adler, she always said that script is, is king. That if you come to a situation with your actors and you're debating on whether certain things are true, false, right or wrong, always go back to the facts of the script or the facts that you talked about, which is the backstory of what Dean just mentioned. And the reason we say facts is why they're so objective. Um, if we look at it as a lawyer, right? A lawyer, when he's presenting a case in court, what does he use to defend his case? Facts. Exactly. He uses facts because they're definite, they're concrete, and uh, they cut through all the all the what's what's the word i'm i'm looking for all the the vagueness of uh psychoanalyzing you know or trying to bullshit your way through through pretending that you know what's what's going on and uh allowing it to be more subjective rather than objective by subjective it means that just because i'm describing something to you uh doesn't mean it'll translate to you what I'm actually talking about because it's very subjective. It's very personal. It's kind of like, I give an example, kind of like uh, reading a book to yourself in quiet and expecting others to know what's going on. That's that's basically kind of like psychoanalyzing to your actors, you know, and this is the most common thing. We keep going over this, but it's the most common thing that directors do. They tend to embellish and psychoanalyze facts in themselves, right? Um, so when we look at, uh, facts, we can look at it, like Dean said, in two ways, we can look at it, what's in the script, and then we can look at it, what the actors or the director bring in together, which is the imaginative backstory. Um, how you can basically look at what's in the script is through what is said, you know, and what is done based on those two things alone, you're looking at simply you're looking at actions actions or or active verbs like we we spoke last week um so through those two things we look at you know what events have happened what events are evidently happening and um 
what is being said about those things. Um, the reason why they're so important is because they're so objective that if you present it to an actor, if you present a fact to an actor without embellishing or explaining the the reasoning behind it, they can play out that reasoning, meaning that it opens up their imagination. It opens up them to be able to create adjustments through their imagination um, and something that's not directly in the script. They add the the meat to the bones, right? Yeah. Um, and there's a there's a great little example I have for you guys. It's it's um it's of a typical line that you know you might see in a script, and such line could be you know a character saying you always do that, right? It's a very common thing. Like you you always do that. That most actors or most directors have an idea of how to play it. They have an idea of what that line means without actually digging deeply into it. Now, if we if we have an example of, let's say, a fact within the script. So let's say it's a couple, a mar- like a, a, mar- a married couple. Okay, we have a married couple, okay? And the line in the script, it's written in the script. It's written, you always do that. So the man says to the woman, you always do that, right? It's written in the script, so it's definite. It's, it's, a, it's a fact, it's written there, right? How most directors, most actors look at it is they usually play the attitude of that line. But if you look at it as script analysis or as a fact, by the character saying that, by the, the let's say the the man saying that to, to the woman, you always do that. It shows two things. It shows that he has a point of view towards her. He's established a past with her because she always does that. It means that he's seen her do it a few other times. So, but what does that mean? Like, how many times did he did she do that? You know what I mean? Like, how many times? Like, you know, like it 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 sparks off. Uh, the imagination of of this of this backstory of like you always do that, okay? That's one thing that she does. Like maybe she always steals the covers at nighttime. You always do that, but what else does she do? You know yeah. what I mean? It's it's not just the one thing. Like generally, you know, in an argument, especially with a married couple, you know, there's always a or or relationships. There's always a backlog of arguments that you may have like let slid under the under the table because it's not worth the fight yeah the fact is what is that that she does Mm. that is the fact if you look at that line that is the fact it means she's done it so many times um and because she's done it so many times like dean says there's there's a backlog of it how you want them to play it in terms of the director wanting a certain let's say, emotional uh, resonance for the scene is dependent on what is it that they do. That is the fact. What is it that they do builds up the emotional resonance of the scene. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And it's like, you know, is this the final straw? You always do that, you know what I mean? Like you always, you know, or is it just like you always do that? Like it's it's a thing where it's like, I'm bringing it to the table of you do this thing and it's starting to annoy me or is it you always do that where it's like this is the final straw. This is like, you know, like you've never listened to me. You've never listened to this thing that I keep bringing up and you still do it. You know what I mean? It means many things. Um, and 
this is where your skills as a director comes into play because one choice is going to be better than another choice. Like one's going to be a finer point and it's going to hit more targets in a row. Like imagine like a line of targets, you know, like a archery target and there's one behind the other, one behind the other. You want your arrow to go through the bullseye of as many targets as possible. So directing is is working out of like how to shoot your arrow through as many targets. Like what you want to be as specific as possible um, with your facts in order to hit more targets. Yeah. Yeah. One one thing Dean just pointed out is these these types of facts build events, build situations in the script. Like the fact that uh, you always do that uh, presumes that there's been past events where things have been done in a similar fashion to br- to bring up that line, to bring up the reason to say that line, right? So you're basically working backwards to to dissect this this part of the, this little line itself. It's a very simple line. But knowing that it precludes other situations, other events, which um, you can build on with your actors. So through improvisations, through imagination, through their own exploration, you don't have to embellish what it is, how they felt about the other time that, you know, uh, she did that to him. But... You just have to let the actors know factually that it has happened before. That's the fact. It has happened before many a times because he says you always do that. He doesn't say you do that. He says you always do that, right? It could be overblown in proportion, but mm. it depends what you want as, as a director. But let's say you're taking it as, as, as the word. You're, you're saying you always do that, meaning it's happened so many times. Now, you, go, you build that situation with your actor through improvisations, which we've spoken about, through um, imagination, which we've spoken about, through um, allowing your actors to to build uh, their imagination or their association and adjustment to how many times have they done that, in what other situations, in what other events that they can bring in. So then that line becomes so original and it's not a cliche line because it's a very cliche line. Yeah. Right? Similar to I love you, I hate you, you know, you always do that. You you can tell. It's it's it has a very uh distinct attitude attached to it. You know, even the way we just read it, it just we had an attitude of how to say it, but it doesn't preclude anything rather than factually that it's it's happened many times. Now let's build those scenes of how many times she has done that to him in order for when you come to this scene and you have the line, you always do that, that actor can can bring just a natural, authentic truth to it, right? Yeah, absolutely. And like saying you always do that, it also means like it doesn't specify like how that thing that she did was done. Do you know what I mean? Like it just means that she did the action of the thing, but it doesn't mean like, you know, it doesn't describe the intensity of it. doesn't describe like how she's doing that said action 
So it, you know, it just remembers all, there's a lot of different instances of how that thing that she did that annoyed you, you know, that it just brings a lot of different choices of like, oh, remember that time you kind of slightly did that thing that pissed me off? And the thing you really shoved it in my face because you were upset with me. So you really made me aware of that thing. Um, because you knew it annoyed me, so you did it on purpose, and then the times you did it accidentally without knowing that you realized you did the thing. So, depending on the relationship, depending on the characters, um, you know, that, that line just has so much more behind it than simply giving it this generic inflection of what how we think it should sound. So, Dean is right in terms of the relationship. Uh, if you look at it, you have you have to know that based on the facts of the script, a simple relationship of this man and woman, who they are to each other, um, and then we build the layers deeper based on the facts. We say whether they're husband and wife, whether they're brother and sister, whether they're etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. We also take the line to say you always do that on the basis that they've known each other for a somewhat longer period of time than just meeting each other. So then you can base assessments that, you know, they've either been good friends or had that length of a relationship which they're comfortable enough for him to say that to her. So those are the types of facts that you can pull out based on just a little line um, that might not mean anything to you, but you build situations from it. The other thing I wanted to talk to you about, which is the most biggest uh, frustration I have with with dealing with uh, or working with directors or talking to actors or whatever, and I see it a lot, is that even though there's facts that are built in the script and are written in the script, the directors and the actors tend to embellish those uh, facts by explaining them by rather than playing them out in 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 front of the, the, the of front of you the director or working it out to let the imagination seep in and to to create situations through improvisations or whatever means you find best for you they tend to talk it out like a psychology session like two people gossiping sitting around and gossiping about certain people and that does nothing for nobody and i've seen it i've seen it i've been to semi-professional productions i've seen it on student films i've seen it from actors i've i've tended to do it as well in the past and i've had to consciously change that mindset um but it's most directors think they're helping the actors or most actors think they're helping themselves but what they're tending to do is they're just tending to wash down the situation in itself they're washing down the diluting it by talking it out rather than actually doing it right yeah well it's funny that you bring this up because i've i was thinking about like situation like let's talk about there'll be blood right right and we talk about like the character of daniel plainview and like how you would describe to an actor like this is daniel plain plainview hmm. he's really a determined guy like he's really he'll do anything to make his fortune like he will backstab he will he'll do you know like he will kill he'll murder he will um lie cheat steal anything to 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 get this fortune 
and you know you could you could explain all this like psychology of this character but then there's that great scene that doesn't exist in the movie that says a lot about the character which builds the imagination and it's like facts of the scene and it's a scene where right at the start of the movie and he breaks his leg but he's found some gold in a mine and he crawls himself out of the out of the pit and he's basically with a broken leg just with one leg pushing himself along the ground towards town and then so you just see him and he's oh, got his got his he's got his treasure he's got his gold and then the scene cuts to town and then he's weighing the gold but what happened between that cut you know like he dragged himself through like this rocky terrain like that spiky there's probably scorpions and fire ants and like beasts and then like can you imagine like you've broken your leg and then you see someone approach you and say let me help you out oh you've broken your leg but he's got gold on him he doesn't want to know the the people to know that he's got gold on 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 him you know what i mean like he would probably want to hide the fact you know would he defend himself would he say back the fuck off i'll make my own way to town or will he um you know accept help but like how would he hide this massive amount of gold that he has on him without the person just like taking the gold from him and running off with the gold leaving him stranded do you know what i mean like he's very very vulnerable in that position but somehow he has to drag himself from this mine that's God knows how long to town. Do you know what I mean? There's a lot of fact here. There's a lot of like imaginative facts of like what could have happened. And, you know, if you're talking about like the most determined, the most cutthroat person, you can imagine all the cutthroat things he did in order to get that gold to that town. Brilliant. That's a really good example. And those are the facts of the script. Dean's just actually pointed out all the facts of the script. If you if you're describing uh, the character as a determined cutthroat, I'll do anything to to get rich. Just look at the fact of the script of that scene. There's no dialogue. There's no exposition. There's no psychology. It's literally the facts. He found gold in a in a mine shaft, which he broke his leg. In the middle of nowhere, he's determined to get back to town to sell that uh, piece of gold, right? I mean, look, I just embellished it by saying determined, but if we look at the, the just just the actions, just the physical actions of he's there, he's looking for gold, he finds gold, he breaks he's his leg. He's even by himself. He's, he's by even, himself. He's even by himself. That so tells like, you something. Do you know what I mean? Right? Like, did he trust anyone exactly. to like hunt this gold for? Did he want to share his gold that that he found? Like, if he's with someone, then if he finds gold, then technically he has to share it with his partner. Yeah, he did it by himself. It's a different story if Paul Thomas Anderson wrote that script and there was two of them there. Yeah, right. But see, Dean actually pointed out a great fact. So I didn't even see that. That's that's amazing. That how great of a director and filmmaker he is that he showed who the character is by making him by himself in the middle of nowhere. He found this piece of gold. And even if he broke both of his legs, he's still going to town. The fact is, 
he broke his leg. He found gold. He's got a broken leg. He's he gets to town, and then he's weighing the gold. So out of those facts, the actor can imagine by himself he would possibly do anything to do it. You don't tell him that, but you give him the the the, the facts of the backstory of what Dean said. Like what are all the things that that happened, right? Yeah. Of him leading up to it. That is a great example. A very good example, man. Yeah, and it's the start of the movie as well. So like this, basically all the facts of this scene like transform his life. Do you know what I mean? Because then he gets into the oil business after that. He yeah. doesn't go back. He doesn't go like, oh, I scored rich. Like let me go mine more gold. He's taken the gold and now he's like, okay, now I'm going to run a business. Because I don't I like, you know, like the hard work of me oiling is now I'm going to hire people and I'm going to get them to do all the dirty work. Yeah. You know, being yeah. being a boss, being a businessman is where the money's at, not hunting for gold, but he needed the capital. It's, it's, a, it's a great point that you make. And, uh, you know, you got me thinking about this that, you know, if we look at the fact of, of the beginning where he's, he's by himself, he's digging for gold, even just asking the actor whoever the actor is that that would play that scene even if you say to them and this and you see this as a, as a script breakdown and it's there in the script the fact is he's there by himself digging for gold what do you think and you ask them as a question what, what do you think why do you think he's he's by himself and then the actor can build uh, a story for himself through his imagination through whatever it is and then you ask them you know look the fact is He's going through the plains, through the mountains to get on the other side of the town, wherever that is, you know. And you can say, as a fact, the imagine it, which is not in the story, which is not in the script, you can say, what if the town is 100 kilometers away, 200 kilometers away, 500? Then he tells you what type of character he is. If you tell the actor, the, the nearest town is 50,000 miles away. He tells me that this character, and you don't have to tell this to, to the actors, but you know it. You simply just know that this character would do anything to get money back to town so he can get out of this, right? It's a great example, man. Yeah. Really good. And even like he does like murder this uh, con man pretending to be his, his uh, brother. Do you know what I mean? And you could be use that scene as well as a fact of, you know, maybe that's not the first time he murdered someone, mm. you know, because he had to protect his gold. Maybe there was thieves or looters or someone like taking advantage of him and, and being vulnerable. Like, what did he have to do to protect that gold to get it to town? Yeah. It shows you, it sets up who the character is. He doesn't trust anyone. The fact that, just just the opening again. The fact that he's by himself, for me, when I would look into it, I would say he's in the middle of nowhere. There's nobody. Like even there's a shot of him uh, drinking something out of a mug and he's there by himself. He's huddled. Um, there's a reason why I think Paul Thomas Anderson showed that, to show that he's actually by himself, that he's actually like a one-man band. And there's a reason why he does that because I think to begin with, he obviously knows something others don't and he doesn't trust them. He knows that there's gold here. He doesn't trust them. And that's prefaced throughout the whole film. Did he kill someone that knew that there was gold there? Exactly. Exactly. So these, these are all the facts, but it sets up who the character is. It sets up who he is throughout the whole story. 
just based on the fact of what's written in the script and then putting the situations in there. Yeah. I have a I have another uh I have another sort of tangent to go off which is uh this idea of embellishment um which is it's it's a very hard thing to to kind of grasp and 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 kind of be aware as a director or as, or as an actor. Sometimes I tend to do it myself and I I have to consciously think and pull myself back. But I have an example which I want to share with you guys um of how you can uh mistakenly embellish a, a simple scene um and how you can actually take the facts out of it not to not to play out the situation in your minds through psychology so if we use an example of uh, a simple story of a man that's you know trying to help his wife overcome an illness where she's she's going through let's say stage four cancer she's she's dying and and he's you know he's helping her go through through this illness right that's that's the what's written in the story that's that's the script that's that's the story now most directors or most actors would discuss it this way i'm not saying all but i'm saying this is a very common way to kind of put it into perspective they would say all right so dean and dean dean's my actor in this scene you know he's he's playing please playing the man i say dean all right so you're you know you're you know you're you're here trying to help your wife she's she's going through an illness which she's about to die and you're so stressed out that you've got so much pain and you're so worried and you're so anxious that you you can't you you can't go on so in in this scene you f- you feel like there's so much pressure and so much stress you know you just don't you just don't want to you don't want to be here anymore you know so out of that explanation the embellishment is me describing what dean is actually supposedly supposed to be feeling in that scene as a director and this is mistakenly what actors discuss with directors because they they're very confused as as uh they're always thinking oh i don't know what the director wants so i'll ask him in advance and then i'll ask him what emotion they want so then i can play out that emotion and i've i've worked with professional actors that have actually spoken in those ways and it's it's a trap because uh it's it's a way of anticipating what what the scene is rather than actually letting it play out based on the facts based on the situation so the embellishment of what i just said to dean was so dean you're stressed out you have so much pain you're worried you have so much anxiety that you can't go on and you can't deal with this anymore that's the embellishment that's what he's supposed to bring to the table. The facts are, and how I get him to feel that, is if we look at the facts of his relationship to his uh, partner, so it's written in the script that you're married, so this is your wife, supposedly you're there taking care of her. So that's a fact. She is your wife, you're taking care of her. It means you love her, right? Mm. You don't have to tell her. I don't have to tell Dean. It means you love her. If I tell you you're taking care of your wife, you know that it means something to you, right? So uh, the fact is you're, you're married, right? You're helping her, which means you care for her. And she's ill. That's the most important part. That's where we build the situation. Because she's sick, because she's going through this... Uh, terrible disease see i now i'm embellishing it i apologize so if 
because she's ill and she's got stage four cancer, those are the facts. Dean's already starting to to have an idea of what that means. Because if he cares about this person and they're so ill that they're dying, then he can bring through imaginative adjustments, whether he's talking to me as a director, to say, how ill is she? That's a fact, right? If I say she's dying, then he's got to bring that as an imaginative adjustment, right? If he's been taking care of her for so long, what else has he been doing for her? How long has he been taking care of her, right? Has he been changing her nappies? Has he been feeding her? Has he been uh, bathing her? Has he been clothing her, giving her pills? What? How much time do you spend taking care of your wife you see these are all the facts i'm bringing to dean and now he's <clears throat> starting to think as well yeah like uh how um how much time have you are you actually spending with your wife but you also need to make an income to you know to to support the treatments of this of this procedure like it's not a it's not a cheap thing it's expensive so like are you spending like a lot of time at work and then when you're there, you're really there because you feel guilty. Like, are you guilty? Like, and also like, not only that, but like, were you there before she got sick? Were you there for you, or is only that she's sick that you've now that you're now giving her talk? Because now you feel guilty. Like, I wasn't there for her. I may have stressed her out. You know, while we were married and healthy. Like, did I contribute to it? Did I tell her to do to you know like, for example, did. You know, like maybe she got this this cancer because she was in a stressful job. While she's in this stressful job, maybe me as a husband said, "We we want more money. I want to be able to like have more money for retirement. I need you to do this job. This is the only job that you have. I need you to work." And then she had to work, and she goes, "I hate my boss. I really want to quit. I'm really stressed all the time. My hair's going gray. I'm just." You know, going through a lot of shit to, for this for this job, and you're like, no, I want you to stay. I want you, I want you to stay because we need the money. And then, because of all that stress, she develops cancer. You know, yeah. like so. See, so Dean's Dean's starting to think in in terms of adding backstory adjustments, and uh, it's it's great because we didn't speak about this, and he's he's starting to create his own uh, narrative to help him play it out. If we go back to looking at uh, what you need from your actors, let's say we're going in the direction as a director to say, I need him to be stressed out, anxious, in so much pain. He's so worried about her, right? Which is the embellishment I said before, which is something I don't tell you, but I know it as a director. I know what I need from the scene that I end up saying and adding different facts, adding, you know, from... The, the facts that we have in the script to adding more meat to those bones. So the, so the bones are Dean is helping his wife while she's going through stage four cancer. Those, those are the facts. To, to develop what you need as what I said, the embellishment or the emotional uh, relevance to that scene is we add all those factors to say, like Dean said, you know, are you working as well as uh, how long or how how much time are you spending taking care of her? You do love her, but 
what else do you do for her? And you build those circumstances, those factual circumstances. I don't need to say you love her, Dean. It's, it's there. It's written in the script that you are there because you're taking care of her. That's, that's just the action that's shown. It's the fact that it's shown. But the stress, the worriness, the you can't go on, you know, you, you're just so saddened and stricken is built upon the, the preface of fact. You clothe her, you bathe her, you take her to the doctors, you take her for chemo, you, you're there when she's sick, you're there, you know, to change her nappies, you're there, you know, at three o'clock in the morning when she's waking up, four o'clock in the morning. When and she's you, vomiting and you're changing the buckets. And you see, all... these are all the facts that you add. They might not be in the script, but you add them there and then you say, how long have you done this? Have you done this for a month? Have you done this for two months? And on top of that, you're, you're going to work to pay the bills because you need to, to pay the bills. Otherwise, you know, you'll get kicked out of your apartment. So those, those are the facts. The embellishment of how, how he feels will bring up based on, on, uh, on, on those pure things that, that, that are done around the fact of her being sick and ill and, and him being there for her. Right? Yeah. So. Yeah, it paints, it paints a picture. And then, you know, the actor does, does his job. And if he's not doing the job, then you add, then you add more facts. And then the you know eventually something's going to spark the imagination. Maybe they'll have something that happened in their life that will you know spark you. And like oh yeah, like my friend looked after his wife, and then you know, and then like he went through all this uh, drama to to do that, and it was just so stressful. And you know, and you can hear those finer details, and you can look up stories about other people looking after their wife and like what that entails and look look up cancer like what what people who go through cancer what they what they deal with every day so then you can understand of the realities of the situation and when you understand the realities then you, then it just plays itself yeah 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 that's it that's yeah. all i got yeah that's it let's wrap it up yeah let's wrap it up thanks man it was pretty good yeah all right see you guys next time gotcha Thanks, guys, for listening to the show. If you enjoyed the episode, please subscribe to our channel. Links in the description below. We're also on social media, on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. We also have a email which you can contact us at talk at actordirectortalk.com. Thank you. Thank you.